Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. On Election Eve in New Hampshire, I went to a Biden event. It was in Manchester, and I thought, well, I really am here to witness the end. It was in a small church in a small gym with a small turnout. And I thought, oh, how sad to wrap up a career like okay. this. And I thought, that's the obit. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. And with us today is Washington Bureau Chief Lynn Sweet, who also happens to be a columnist extraordinaire. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks. It's great to be back home. Okay. Well, you and I probably have covered politics and government in this town and in Washington, you have, for probably 100 years, have we ever seen an election in this, this kind of an election, this uh, unpredictable? Well, the coronavirus crisis has changed the dynamics of the election from what the candidates are doing in the final days of the election to how the turnout uh, organizations are doing uh, this is impacting our big races from the presidential campaign on down because the last weekend of a campaign is usually when you do big events. You get your people out. You you get your supporters together to hand out their last-minute materials to have them walk precincts. Now with the coronavirus crisis exploding as we speak and with people staying in and with social distancing, the new norm, things have changed. Just for example, we're speaking on Friday. Joe Biden on Friday supposed was to supposed here. to be in Chicago holding two fundraisers and a big rally. Now, Friday late afternoon, we're going to have a telephone town hall. <laughs> uh, he, his own staff is working from home, and he's not going to headline any more uh, fundraisers. Bernie Sanders also has his his campaign has revamped to you and I both remember the days of the Richard J. Daly torchlight parades and the Medina Temple rallies. I should be out if this was like a regular election, there would be on the Democratic side, the union halls would be busy uh, rallying their troops, there would be phone banks because even though people could do a phone bank from home, it, people do sometimes like the political camaraderie of going to a place and being with people. What's interesting is that in the midst of this new normal in politics, because we have the technology that we do, Fran, the impact isn't as vast and devastating as it could be. Everyone has a cell phone. We have email. You could get your call list uh, many ways. You don't have to physically pick up that old piece of paper and you know go down the line. So if you have motivated troops, which people do in these campaigns, you could still get the word out. Now, 
what probably is missing. You may not have as many people walking precincts. You know, the old door knock, the uh, door knock may not be the there. The palm cards don't matter as much, even though Madigan doesn't if have you can't, Kim Fox just, on the palm card. <laughs> and we, we should explain that to people because yeah, that's a real good thing. palm card is when you go door yeah. to door to someone's house and you hand them what is the recommended list of candidates that you should vote for. Right. And so one of the things that reporters often do is you go to these ward headquarters, the political headquarters, and you look for a shopping bag and then you see a palm card because in the end, people are busy. This is true always. They have a lot to do in life. And so if they have a trusted precinct captain who says, here are the recommendations, especially for judge, uh, they will take them. Now, in higher profile races, I don't know if people depend on uh, a precinct captain as much or as an organization. People may have their own views right now on Kim Fox because that's been a high-profile race, and the Bill Conway commercials are just all over the place. But in other races, it's you know these palm cars have an impact, or at least the political bosses think is, they do. Do you think that stuff is out the window now? Is any captain in any organization, even the handful of ones that are still strong, is anybody going door door to door now, or is that out the window? Do you? I think, think it depends. It, it, if you're in a uh, if you're walking precincts where it's single family homes and you could keep your social distance, I think people would do it because the risk you, know, you get coronavirus not from talking to people it it is touching something that then you touch your face your mouth your eyes your nose so if you're not shaking hands and you keep a distance and and you use your your wipes a lot if you can get them uh you probably could still work a a precinct and talk to people but what people i bet people wouldn't want to take a card that you hand out anymore because they don't know where it's been Mm. It's like taking the bun off your hamburger. You'll eat the meat nowadays, but in the restaurant, but people don't want anything that could be touched by hand. So I, I think the literature that we're talking about may not have the impact that it used to because, and, and I don't think people are germaphobes. This is the reality. This is just good uh, health practice. I don't know if I would take from someone I don't know well if they handed me something because you don't know where it's been. All right, now what's this going to do, do you think, to turn out? I mean, th- this, that's a wild card. What is the motivation, unless you have applied already or by the deadline for a written ballot, for a mail-in ballot, what's the motivation to run out to the polls when you're afraid you might touch something? Well, it is going to hurt turnout. That's what I'm told by every political operative I've been talking to. There's a few reasons it's going to hurt turnout. One there's just this chaos. You have some changed polling places. So if you sure. have a very, and uh, uh, if you have a very very good organization, you will get an email today saying, "Fran, here's your address. Here's the new polling place. If you have questions, call." So if you want to vote, you can. But there's a lot of information that has to come out. I don't know what's going to happen if uh, judges just don't show up, who didn't properly say they're not going to. It just makes it difficult. So if you're not a very committed voter, let's say if you don't have a lot going on in the Republican primary and you don't live, and we don't have a lot of big Republican races, I can imagine those voters will take the pass easiest. The biggest Republican primary in the Chicago area State's is attorney. 
You have that contest yeah. between the two candidates. And and in the 14th Congressional District. Yeah. And if you want to make sure in the third ward that the Holocaust denier, I'm not even going to use his name and dignify him, and you want to make sure he does not get the nomination. So those are three races where I think Republicans will be motivated to vote, but for a reason. Otherwise, uh, Trump has no opposition I mean, any meaningful opposition in Illinois, and if, unless you are in a district with a state rep race where there's a primary you care about, I would imagine that's where the fall off would take place. Interestingly, in other states, before the coronavirus crisis hit us, Trump was getting terrific turnout from Republicans. Yeah. And what, how do you think the low turnout is going to impact something like Kim Fox? She needs. Uh, a heavy black turnout to make up for what she's likely to lose in the independent voters along the lakefront because of Jesse Smollett and also the suburban women, particularly. Will she get it? Well, do if you think that she also was going to get any youth vote, that will be harder. Schools are closed. Campuses have closed. Students are scattered. It's really late. And college kids are going home, maybe? Right, that's my my point. So if you're a motivated college student who lived in Cook County and you registered to vote and you didn't early vote, now you're packing up and gone. So if those were some of her votes, uh, it hurts. If, If the turnout is lower for Bernie Sanders, see, she has an interesting position because she straddles the Sanders and... Biden world. She needs both of them. That's why she was able to bring together some uh, public figures who otherwise are in different parts of the Democratic family. So because she has a more identifiable coalition, even if, if voter turnout shrinks proportionally for everyone, then she's okay. And in some races like hers, I think that's what may happen. I think where turnout may have more of an impact is Sanders because he is so dependent on a youth vote and schools across Illinois have been, campuses are closed and students went home. And the Biden Biden voter may be more motivated. And also they might be regular voters, know the routine, figure out where to go. Let's talk about Biden's resurrection for a second. I mean, have you ever seen anything like this? He was literally dead in the water until the debate where Bloomberg was carved up by Elizabeth Warren and then South Carolina and then on to Super Tuesday and now he's the presumptive uh, Democratic nominee. So Franny, on election eve in New Hampshire, I went to a Biden event. It was in Manchester, and I thought, well, I really am here to witness the end. It was in a small church, in a small gym, with a small turnout. And I thought, how sad to wrap up a career like this. And I thought... That's the obit. I I thought that would be the end, and of course, he did not do well in New Hampshire. Here's why South Carolina was important. It wasn't just a win. It was a decisive win, I think 48%. And here's what they told Democrats in a few ways. You can't be the nominee, much less the winner, if you don't have support from the African-American community. And that just showed that no one else did. Then, as you noted, uh, Elizabeth Warren filleted Bloomberg expertly and showed that for all his money, 
for putting on a manu- for putting on a branding campaign for himself when you really saw the product it wasn't quite what was on the label yeah and and i wonder would it have been different if he had come into that debate and done fabulous perhaps because it wouldn't would, it it could have i don't know if it would have changed the outcome i don't know if it meant he would have won but if he see the democratic party as you know puts out their delegates proportionally and you have to make a 15% threshold. So I know we use terms like who won, who lost. We really have to look at the delegate count in each state. So, for example, in 2016 in Illinois, Hillary, quote, won, unquote. But when you look at delegates, Bernie had a surge at the last minute. She took out of this, out of Illinois, 79 delegates, and Bernie had 77. If you were writing the story again, you would probably say, you would probably not crown her a winner per se, but say it was almost a tie. Now, politics as in sports, it has a number. The one that has more wins, uh, though not necessarily uh, in our electoral college system. So I understand why you would say she won Illinois, but if you're really looking to see what happened, she almost didn't and he was close. By the way, I don't think that will happen on a Tuesday in election, but the Bloomberg meltdown, which was underscored in that second debate where he really didn't do anything, made it possible for the delegate count to shrink to just a Sanders or Biden count. And that's what made it, that's what hurt him as much as anything because he he couldn't be a factor. He wasn't making, he just wasn't making enough progress. And he dropped out early, as did Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar, and that helped create some momentum for Biden. And why hasn't Sanders dropped out? What is the end game for him? Does he stay in it through the convention? What, what What's going on with him? Well, he wouldn't drop out before Tuesday because if you're going to, you, you have to not disappoint followers. And there is a big debate on Sunday night. The reason he's in, at least in, in through the March 17 primaries in Illinois, Arizona, Florida, and one other state, is Sunday night is his last big chance to make a difference. It's the first time there's a one-on-one. Now, Sanders has to calibrate things. Given that Biden seems the likely nominee, you don't want to go and and just attack, attack, because that's not helpful. If your goal, if, if the agreed goal is to defeat President Donald Trump, then you can't go there and just Carve attack him. Carve him. Yeah. yeah. So weaken him. Right. So if you're just there to lay your final marker, you know, one, you may get lucky. Biden may have a terrible performance. He may have between the two of them. They're both capable of gaffes. Gaffes. But if, if Biden is the front runner has more that things could stumble, maybe that would impact the Tuesday election, and because with the coronavirus, the, the turnout may be crazy, crazy. So I could see why Sanders wouldn't drop out until the end of March uh, and let things play itself out. What I think Sanders has to do, though, is to convince his followers, and first he has to convince himself that he's being beat fair and square. He has done a good job of he trying to He didn't feel like that four years ago. He didn't do that, and even now, the last debate, and this is telling, the 
Candidates were asked, if you go to the Milwaukee Convention and no one has 1,991 vote, delegate votes, what would you do? Everyone except Sanders said, well, we'll work the, uh, the rules of the convention. And Sanders said, well, I think whoever has the most, the most votes should yeah. go. That is upending the rules. This is not a plurality win. And when he says that, it, he doesn't sit in the Senate and say, uh, why do we need a supermajority every time to do something? Why don't we just do the majority? He accepts that in the Senate, they have rules that seem to outsiders, why don't we just do everything by majority rule? Well, because sometimes people who run these things decide not to. So it, he has... I think successfully planted the idea that somehow Biden might get the nomination by cheating. I know this because when I interviewed a lot of Sanders supporters in Grant Park, we could go Saturday, Bernie had a big rally, got it in before the corona crisis spread and everything's canceled. The uh, people I talked to would grudgingly support Biden, Biden but they, too many said if he wanted fair. And there is a system it's not perfect. It was changed from 2016 in, in, a, uh, in, a, in a Democratic National Committee acknowledgement that the system could be improved. Bernie Sanders, it was co-chaired by one Sanders person and one Clinton person. So if he still can't acknowledge that this is a system that everyone agreed to, well, do you expect Biden yeah. to have the, the uh, 1991 for the nomination right. before the convention? That would help because... Do you the, think you... Do it, you think I, right will? now it's possible. We'll know so much more after Tuesday. That would be the best outcome. Yeah, a brokered be, convention would be... Or even if you need superdelegates. Yeah, that would not the, be good. So you get... In Illinois, we're going to have from our 18 congressional districts on Tuesday the election of 101 delegates. Yeah. Then there are 34 uh, delegates that will be appointed, but they will mirror the vote. And then we have a handful of what are called automatic or superdelegates, uh, the members of Congress, elected right. officials, the governor, the mayor, Barack Obama uh, from Illinois, unless somebody realizes he doesn't live here much anymore. But for the moment, these are the automatic delegates that Sanders uh, doesn't like. Now, I suppose if he thought they all would vote for him, he might have a different tune. I think the bigger question, though, is how does Biden coalesce the party behind him and get bringing the Sanders people in? How will he do that? I think it's the messages. See, in 2016, the Sanders Democrats had a luxury that they don't have now. In 2016, no one thought Trump would be elected. Yeah. So if you want to start beefing about the system and how I have to keep my revolution going and Hillary's whatever your beef is, you know, fill in the blank, articulate why you don't like Hillary, fine. But we're at a unique period in history where Donald Trump is a president like we've never seen. And let's not debate for the moment why he is a singular standout in uh, an outlier as American presidents have been. Democrats understand that this has higher stakes than just continuing our beef against the establishment part of the party. So, so one if of the you're things, Biden, if what do I, you do? I would make the message maybe something like this, that everything you believe in, every principle, every policy, we're not that far apart, and we're going to work on it in Congress. And I understand that you want a revolution. If President Trump is the president, 
nothing gets done. You have no revolution. You have input as part of the Democratic Party with a president who is a Democrat. You get no revolution if the House and Senate are Republican. With at least a Democratic House, if you keep it, you have input. And if you look at the policies and the bills that the House Democrats have passed, you know that there are policies and bills that mirror parts of the Sanders agenda. Now, they don't go anywhere because the Senate is controlled by Republicans. But if you're looking for a test of what Democrats will do when they have power, if I were Biden, look at the House. They do a lot of work on climate, on which is a big deal. No Democrat running would take the position that Trump had on climate, on the environment, on immigration, on the core issues of what Sanders talks about. Doing something on student debt is something every Democrat talks about. Now, the solution may not be to cancel student debt, which is what Bernie uh, Sanders wants, because that is a tough one. But the point is to get help. Yeah. I think if you're burdened by student debt, you you just want to hear some way to make it easier. And it could be just by letting you refinance it. These are the struggles. Democrats, it's not like they're not trying to do things. And the coronavirus, of course, has changed everything uh, yes. for Trump because the economy was the biggest thing he had going. And now that's in the in the tank. And, it's, and we don't know where it's going. And, and the lack of leadership that people perceive from Trump on this or the confusion right, if we're jumping to November, he hasn't, his, his way of campaigning, his signature trademark, Fran, is these giant rallies, rallies yeah. which he, he can fill. He can't do that now. So At the, the moment. But at the I moment. mean, this could be over in a couple of months, let's say. And, then and, and, and the economy may bounce back. But if you're a business, uh, the trade shows in Chicago that were canceled, that money, you don't get it's that back. not coming back, back. yeah. Uh, baseball games, maybe they will extend the season or every day is a doubleheader. late. Maybe yeah. there's a way of getting some of that revenue back. But if, if your business depended on filling rooms by McCormick Place, or I mean, you, 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 you just cabs. don't get that money back, <laughs> and your economic plan may have to include laying off some people, doing some cuts. So the impact of coronavirus will be profound for a while. Interest rates... Uh, why they're all low and getting lower uh, may not prompt you to go out and buy a home necessarily if you weren't going to do it anyway. Right. So, and then you look at, at a crisis and y you see signs of leadership or not. What do you see in how Trump has handled the coronavirus and how Pritzker is handling it locally and Lightfoot? How do you read that? Well, the White House very much wants decisions made on a local level. But that doesn't mean that you totally farm out your responsibility for the buck stopping in the overall office. So uh, Trump gave a major speech from the Oval Office a few days ago that only made things worse. The market went crazier. Uh, our European allies were not properly briefed on what he meant by his travel ban. He said there was going to it be... It might a, have been the right thing, but it just maybe wasn't well, done the right way or... And then it, it did include Ireland. It didn't. Uh, he was going to put a block on cargo, which where's the science behind that? So 
He and my sense from listening to it also was yeah. you wanted a, a father figure telling you things were going to be okay, and you didn't feel that. Well, he said I, what you want realism, too. He, when he started, um, I think he said at one time when we had 15 identifiable cases, he said, okay, that's it, that's great, as if we were done. Now, his the scientists who are working with Vice President Pence are telling science-based uh, uh, we are giving science-based briefings. And they're admitting that the testing thing has not been handled well, that we're not... Well, we don't have enough tests. If, God forbid, someone in Illinois needed a test, I can only imagine the struggle you would have to go through to get it, and you would have to be pretty savvy in navigating the system to get yourself to a testing system. And people might just, if you're not feeling well anyway... You might not go, but so all our listeners should know, do not go to an emergency room. That's the last place you go to. Call a doctor first. So will people, when they go to the polls, remember that they didn't like the way Trump handled this, do you think? or I think November and election time, it's like dog years, Fran. Uh-huh. We could be in a much different situation. The economy could bounce back. It won't we'll stay know in the people's ex- minds. Uh, this. It, it, it could, but... More things could happen. There could be other controversies. It's just, uh, there's so much time. Yeah. The, the good thing politically for Trump is that this is happening in March and not in September and October. Now, what about Pritzker? He clearly has really, uh, I mean, three briefings a day, two yeah. briefings a day. He's stepping up and trying to fill a void that he sees Washington is not filling Daddy, take care of us. He's here to do that. Well, I do think... But How's he doing? I, I think in terms of just uh, briefing the public, having these briefings daily shows that the center of the command operation is with our governor and our mayor right now. And they're setting the example and just giving out information and letting us know realistically what we're doing okay and what the shortcomings are. So just as an aside... Over the weekend, we widely reported the Sun-Times, and I experienced myself trying to shop for hand wipes or sure. toilet paper. I this, got a little bottle. How much do you want to pay me for it? Yeah. $50, I went to uh, a jewel starts. in Highland Park last night, and you would have thought that it was Passover and Easter and Rosh Hashanah, Christmas and Thanksgiving. Uh, this, everybody had, there were lines, uh, lines, all what over do people the place. think is going to happen, that we're going well, to not have supplies? Or, or? or maybe people just want, the, even the frozen pizzas were flying out of the freezer, uh, which, as you know, do not have any impact except give you comfort, or maybe a lot of people are working from home. I think a but lot of people in terms, are going to get very fat. <laughs> well, but in, in the serious stuff, there's no toilet paper. The facial tissues were low. There, the shelves were bare of cleaning supplies and of wipes. And canned peas are gone too, probably. So the what? Canned peas. Actually, the soup was low when I checked that out. But in, so when you talk about leadership, making sure that people know about supplies and how to get stuff to make sure that everybody has the basics, because we've reported this run on, on, on these basic essentials is is pretty deep right now. But out of all the problems we have, this is solvable. There's a, you know, somewhere in the country, there's enough TP for everybody, and you just have to get it to the right distribution points. So the governor and uh, mayor so far are seeming to manage the crisis in a situation where no one for the moment can prevail. 
Yeah, uh, Lightfoot was caught a little bit because she was out on a brief spring break trip with her daughter earlier in the week, and there was a delay in calling off the St. Patrick's Day parade, which seemed like a no-brainer. And she hustled back to town. Uh, I where think was it, she on spring break? Uh, she, I think, somewhere warm. But the point oh. being, I think I thought to myself, if this were Rahm Emanuel, he would have been skewered. And he was skewered how several long would, times. How, how, how long was she gone uh, for? She was only gone for a few days. But like Ram, two days? One day? Uh, she, she went Friday and came back, I think, Tuesday night. Uh-huh. But I remember we skewered Ram several times. And he had a hustle back uh, from Cuba after the, uh, the, uh, the murder of uh, Quintonio Legreer. Um, before we go... Marie Newman, the mayor has endorsed her. Uh, the mayor has made certain endorsements. Yoni Pizer and the state representative race for Feigenholt's seat on the lakefront and Marie Newman. Will the mayor's impact have any? Well, this is a test. I look forward to your story next week. Does Mayor Lightfoot have coattails? Because I believe it's four races that she's invested in. There's a Biden. judge's race. Well, yeah, I mean Biden. I don't know if it could. That, that might like not be fair to, to have. She had unheard. no choice there. <laughs> so Newman, she was going to on Saturday do a get out the vote rally with her. That's now been canceled because of the coronavirus. Yoni so, Pizer. So so okay. So when you look at her coattail impact, you look at Pizer, Newman, and isn't there someone in the nineteenth ward around there? Uh, I thought some race. I, she has a judge that she's endorsed. Okay, but and you'll, then Biden, the, yeah. So, so do you think she'll have any impact at all? I, I think you know Newman is still the the main disadvantage Newman has is if turnout is low, she needs she needs a presidential turnout, and because a lot of the people who would come because, uh, on that presidential race and they're jazzed up that particularly the Sanders voters, that would probably be her people. Uh, Dan Lipinski's big advantage is that he still has... Has the organization of Madigan and... Well, well and his bigger advantage is own. he has two opponents who are running real campaigns. And right. the third person on the ballot is from the 23rd Ward. Darwish? Uh, no, Darwish is not. Darwish is an interesting story because he is working our community's large Palestinian-American community as a base vote. And this will be a test to see how his turnout is, but... Lipinski running against two people who are both, if, we, if you are an abortion rights voter alone, he has two people yeah. that he's running against who support that. Now, the whole establishment community for uh, the progressive issues from the unions to the abortion rights groups, they've banded together and they have put about $1.4 million into an independent expenditure for Newman. So, so getting back to Lightfoot uh, as we wrap yeah. up, what do you think her impact will be? Uh, I would think so many people are backing Pizer now. I don't know if she alone gets credit. So I think the impact, even though it's a reasonable story to see what exactly she did and if she has coattails, this election alone may not be enough to make a total look. But I think what this shows is that she was willing to take risks. Yeah. She, does, she is willing to take risks, uh, and for people who were loyal to her and she owes. Or who feel strongly about certain things, because in going for Marie Newman, she was going against an incumbent. Right, right. Well, it's a fascinating time, and we'll look forward to your stories and your columns in the future. And uh, 
I just hope we're out of this soon. Anyway, and good luck getting back to Washington, too. I think I'll walk. Safe. I think that would be smart. And we'll see you all next week. 